When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And also, like, what was his name? Uh, Gemini. I, it was like where they were trying to make him crazy, but he couldn't act. <laughs> they were gonna. They were making him like two personalities. Yes, Gemini. Right. He was. He was very nice and sort of soft, and then he would suddenly turn into this mean, like, "But I'll kill you" sort of character. But he couldn't sell it. No, it's like oh. he's a football player turned American yeah. gladiator. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot yeah, of so they just dropped that. Yeah, so they so just they dropped just, it. But what's funny is, like, I do remember, like, Gemini, like, you, you know, watching the show after that, be like, wonder why they call that guy Gemini. <laughs> like, yeah, what's that about? And he's like That's the not OG a threatening he's, thing. Yeah, exactly. The original, yeah. right? It is, but the name stuck, and it doesn't really yeah. make much sense. Zap, laser, high tower, nitro, uh, blaze, nitro, blaze, Ice. Gemini. they should have had libra (laughs) right they're all just astrological signs just comes in what's your sign you're on midnight local the podcast from how to drink where we just talk about things movies uh pop culture maybe some video games that too all the things things the stuff and things all of the stuff and the things on midnight local let's get to it Meredith, welcome back. Welcome back to the show as if you're a guest. Longtime guest, Meredith. Well, it makes sense a little bit because I've been in Chicago and Michigan. Yeah, it's true. We can both be welcome back to the show. It's been a minute since we've recorded. Yeah, welcome back to you too, Greg. Welcome us back. Thank you. You've been in the hell of moving, <laughs> which is a different journey. Yeah, and it has been hell. And I just texted and got confirmation that it would be okay for my soon to be former landlord that I could pay for an extra two months. I think that um, he is knowing it's going to take him a while to find another tenant. And uh, I hope he's planning on repainting the place because I did some serious damage. (laughs) Do you think he's been in there at this point, taking a look at it? I don't. I don't think so. Um, I I think that if he did, he would have, (laughs) he would have called me and said, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, Like there's a, uh, uh, I mean, he's got my security deposit. You know what I mean? He's got my security (laughs) deposit. (laughs) You know, I thought when I left the old apartment, we were going to get a call like that because we like mounted a TV. Like this apartment didn't want us to do anything. I like painted a gold strip that went onto the ceiling. We got our full deposit back. I was shocked. I thought for certain we would lose part of it. Well, so part of that, so I think in New York, it is a law that they have to put up fresh paint between tenants, which is why you get the landlord special. In New Jersey, it's not. So I think that, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's not a built-in cost that he's got to fix the place up. But like, you know, I had a studio in there and that's a lot of stuff. And I did some poorly drywall (laughs) fixing of my own because I had not yet learned how to do that right. There are some sections of those walls that are just made of (laughs) spackle. They're just made of spackle. And so the reason that this move has been extra nightmarish, like, so two things. One, initially I said, I'm too old to move my own shit. I'm going to hire movers. Um, And I thought that that would be the plan. We got an estimate done and like they came back with like a a high estimate. They're like, it's going to be like five 
to eight thousand dollars. I was like, okay, okay, that's a lot of money. And I know from hiring movers in the past that like sure. it's always more than they say <laughs> a little bit because they pay by the hour. Um, I what ended up happening is that they started doing insane construction up and down the street that goes to my street, which is a dead end at the end of a road that is technically a two-way road, but really probably should be a one-way road or like a one-lane road. It's a one-lane two-way road, right? And it's a dead end. Um, that's a thing. One-lane yeah. two-way roads, like one and a half lane. Like somebody's got to pull over to let somebody else go by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's got to move a little to get through. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, they started doing this construction in there. I think it's like some EPA stuff. Like they're putting in some crazy new rainwater drainage system because that's like a, been a major issue in the whole area um and we the day like i was on my way home and to already to navigate the construction it's been insane like we had to park a half crazy. a mile away at a school and walk up and down this hill well yeah. it's been going on at this point for like two weeks right and on my way home i'm walking home and i see a guy up on our street marking chalk lines i was like hey i guess you're gonna be working up here what's that about and he said oh yeah tomorrow we're going to cut all of this up rip it up and uh probably for another two weeks you won't be able to use this road uh your own road uh from 7 a.m to 5 30 at night i was like what the fuck um and so you're trying to like juggle that with movers and also trying to build up for us you know how to drink runway so that we can move without missing an episode which i failed at um and I realized like, okay, we're going to shoot this week. And then the day after we shoot, I'm going to rent a box truck and just move as much stuff as I possibly can. And I had a friend come and like day one of filling the box truck, we basically just got most of the studio and seeing the stuff that I had packed in there to be that studio kind of unfold and expand into the box truck. I realized I think hiring movers would have cost me $12,000. Like it would have been just an obscene amount of money. So I'm glad we did that. So we filled a 15 foot box truck wow. three times ourselves. Plus my, uh, Mrs. Out of Drink, my wife had been making trips like every day for weeks, just with whatever would fit in the Subaru. And then actually just day before yesterday, uh, I hired movers to do the last of it. Um, well, the last of it, there's still some personal effects back there. Um, like my kids are still on the walls and stuff. We got to go back for that oh. kind of stuff, but it's all stuff that'll fit in the car at this point. Um, but yeah, so it's been crazy. And at the top of that, like I have to build a studio here, rebuild right. the studio and also like be dad and a responsible parent and husband and like hang out with my kids on the summer and like not be a ghost dad and regret that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so it's been a hell of, and also like, there's just a lot of stuff to do in a house. There's a lot yeah. of stuff to do. I found out now that I'm in like the suburb suburbs, I have to mow my lawn. I have to cut, I have to water my lawn. I have to mow and water my lawn. I found that out. And are um, you in an HOA? No, not that you wouldn't. I'm just curious. Yeah, not that you wouldn't no, have to no, most. no. It's not an HOA. And it's funny when we were shop shopping, That's I was good. like, well, some of these are cheap. Some of them are like 300 bucks a year. I don't care. But then like you find out that they have rules. And so I'm really glad we didn't do an HOA place. But I do live on like a movie backlot neighborhood. Um, it's a very it's nice. It's a nice spot. It's a it's a it's an attractive neighborhood. There's a lot of beautiful trees. And like every day. 
all of my neighbors are out strolling the streets. Hi, <laughs> neighbor. Just like it's 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 it doesn't seem real. Like it feels like Hill Valley or something. Celebration, so, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, actually, I hear Celebration's got a lot of crime. But oh, really? Yeah, I hear Celebration's got some. Or what? Issues. What Celebration was was intended to be? I guess. Yes, exactly. So. I feel a very keen responsibility to keep up with the Joneses and present a nice place. And so I found that the house had, we didn't even know this when we moved in really, that it has good sprinkler system. It has like, you know, the whole, you know, sprinklers that are built into the thing. And I dug out the solenoids and we got them fired up and working. I don't think the previous owners had been actually taking care of the place. I know they weren't like, that's another issue is that they hoarders who left everything here and we had to empty the house. out. Right. They just, they decided it's easier to sell the place, <laughs> deal with all the fixes. Uh, I mean, in reality, that's what happens. Like yeah. I, I, my oh, grandparents yeah. were hoarders and I cleaned out their house as much mm-hmm. as I could. And first off, so I'm like used to hoarders, but like these guys, my previous owners here were not hoarders like my grandparents. My hoarders like my grandparents. I wore a full head to toe mm. Tyvek suit with duct tape around the edges and a respirator yeah. because their house was full of dead animals. Yeah. Like it like, and flies and rotting. It was hell. It was absolute hell. I don't know if you remember watching, I'm sure because everybody watched it season one of. It was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Season one, uh, though, of um, the, the the True Detective, when they finally oh, get to like, yeah, the yeah, murderer's yeah, yeah. house at the end, that's what it was like. It was just like floor-to-ceiling newspapers with like pancaked dead rats between them and stuff. And Yeah. A story about True Detective, that was when HBO used to put up their listings, they'd start from the most recent episode first down. And I, this, that was one of the shows that and something else were one of the shows that had me download the app. So I just started in at the beginning and was like, wow, they really dive in. But thinking it's going to be one of those things where you sort of see the crime first and then go into the show. So I watched like half of the last episode of the show. Oh, no. (laughs) So I never really went and rewatched it. This this feels aggressive. (laughs) It was. It was very aggressive. But I'd sort of heard that about the show. So I was like, interesting. Okay. Like, we're just going to, like, unpack this backwards. We're going to do, like, nonlinear time. I was super excited about it. And then I was like, no, I just watched the last episode first. So. I never really that is got into the rest of it. such a good segue <laughs> to dive into what I want to talk about. However, it does cut short my point I was trying to make about watering my lawn is expensive, I found out. Yeah. It's going to cost me. I've been doing the math. It's going to cost me like $1,000 a month to throw water at this thing. Wow. You, did you, are the sprinklers working? Oh, they work great. And yeah. I was like, I have like a, I, I upgraded the controller because the dinosaur that was in there, I couldn't make it work. It was like trying to program a VCR, but like to program a VCR to record your favorite TV show a week from today, but skip the, uh, the commercials in it and like not miss anyway. Um, it was insane. So I got like a smart one and it's like telling me, Hey, we watered it this morning. We used two and a half thousand gallons of water. Um, which isn't really an issue. Natural landscapes, Greg, just let it go. I, well, I don't think I can, like I said, like there's, I don't want to be hated. Like we're trying to be good neighbors here, Yeah, but, um, uh, and, and a lot of people are cringing right now, but up in the Northeast, like it rains constantly. Like we have no shortage of water. It's not like we're in Arizona. Normally like last that. summer. So up at the house, we've got an acre and a half. Yeah. And uh, thankfully we have a young man down the road who 
mows it for us once a week because uh, nice. we're not up there enough to manage sure. the lawn. And we did we don't water it. And last last year it got pretty brown. This year has been great, but well, sure. last year could have used some water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, and so I did the math on that. And, and first off, I didn't believe it. And then I looked up. No, that's about right. That's like what irrigation is going to use, which is crazy because you're supposed to like water it every other day. And I'm like, you know, usually I, I thought I was using a lot of water before. We were like five, seven thousand a month. This is two to three thousand every other day. I did the math on it. And I was like, that's a thousand dollars a month. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so I got to find out if I can get a well dug or something because that's crazy. Yeah, that crazy. Do you, uh, it's been raining a lot this summer, so you should be in better shape. Yes. So, I mean, like specifically yesterday we had an insane downpour, which is, um, between you and me, why a lot of studio things didn't happen because it sent me out into the rain, up to my knees in mud to prevent the basement from flooding. Um, great. Lightnings, lightnings. Yeah. This is more marriage. Lightning's crashing (laughs) around me. Like I'm up to my knees in mud and she's like, fix it, fix it. I'm like, it's. It's it's a flood, honey. I yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah, can't we'll build a moat around or or build a, a wall, protective wall around the house. You know, to to my enormous credit, and I love patting myself on the back, I did fix it. I That's found cool. a piece of pipe that I was trying to get rid of and I reconnected a downspout and routed it away from the house. <laughs> drilling like stuff out there yeah. <laughs> don't get struck by lightning she's telling me i'm like <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll take yes, my I metal know. i'll take my metal hat off <laughs> yeah <laughs> do the best that I, I can i was worried about that thank you <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so i gotta work out that so anyway yeah it's got a smart thing on it. it's like smart app connected home kit watering and so hopefully it knows not to, I'm testing it. I'm running it through its paces. I hope it knows not to water when it's raining or when it has rained. Mm. We're gonna, maybe I need to attach sensors to it or something. Like it knows um, it senses when it's dry enough to trigger. Well, a water. It, like it, it, it follows the weather. Like it's connected to weather apps and stuff like that. So it knows that cool. stuff. Yeah. And so um, it was cheap by, you know, standard. It was like 150 bucks to buy this doodad. So like really cheap by like home ownership. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, but like I found there, there's rain sensors. It'll tell it when it is raining, but I just want, I was like, that's not really the whole story. So I was just checking to see if there's ground moisture sensors you can hook up to your sprinkler system. And there are. So that sounds like another Greg project. There you go. Um, well, this has been another, another segment of domestic life. So if I can recapture the energy of our earlier segue, because we what was were I talking, talking about, I was talking about True Detective. Yeah, True Detective. How I watched the last episode first, which is a great place for us to start <laughs> now that we get to restart. Because today we're doing something different. We're going to talk about TV. We're going to talk about the, something we both saw on Netflix: uh, Muscles and Mayhem, the unauthorized, unauthorized. True st- yeah, true story of uh, 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 American Gladiators, which was like a fixture of my childhood. Mine um, as well. Yeah. I famously, as a child, my sister asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and it was an American Gladiator or a daddy. How old were you when you said that? Four or five. I okay. had to have been. Okay. 
I mean, it makes okay. sense for me in my house because there wasn't a daddy in my house. So I think I was oh. like, what, what is that role? That's, I want to be whatever like that thing is. And then I loved American Gladiator so much. And I was like right. starting my gymnastics career at that point. It makes, sure. it makes sense in context, but she loves that- to pull that out. That wasn't like an awakening for you. You were too young for an awakening. No, too young for that. But I, I mean, looking I back, a, certainly it was a clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I had a very, uh, I was like, my, one of my very good friends uh, was a gay lady at one time. She moved to Berlin and neither of us travel. So we don't, that's it. Friendship over. Gonna, the, she's still gay. It's the friendship that's That's right. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, <laughs> I don't think like a week goes by. I don't think, God damn it. I miss Amanda, but like, yep, I don't go to Berlin and she doesn't come to the U S yeah. so nah. <laughs> she like changed one. her cell phone to a, I couldn't even get in touch with her. She changed yeah. her cell phone to a German cell phone. <laughs> so it was just like, okay, cool. Abandoning uh, life here. Goodbye. Yeah, power to her. I I've seen her since then a couple times. Uh, but like, I guess Berlin's a very, very good place to be. It's gay. a cool spot. Um, yeah. But uh, I remember the reason I asked you about it was awakening is because that was for her. She was like deeply embarrassed by her personal preferences. She's like, no, Greg, you don't understand. Like giant roided out Amazon nightmare <laughs> women was my thing. And it like, <laughs> it like really kind of uh, bummed her. I think she said zap or I don't know, whichever, like it was a later. I mean, all of them are pretty, pretty buffed up, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, I, so what, w- w- this show is crazy. <laughs> this show was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect going. I ended up being more of a tell all from, well, it was just a tell all from, uh, most of the gladiators are handful of the original gladiators and a director who yeah, is a real I loved him. <laughs> real, real pervy dude. But like Yeah, but like a lovable perv. Yeah, very upfront about his uh preferences for erotic the media. Minute, the minute he came on camera, I said, so this is like as soon as I saw him, I was like so they hired a pornographer to direct the yeah, show. And less. like the first words out of his mouth were, hi, I'm a pornographer. <laughs> <laughs> With a very boosted ego. This man's like, oh, yeah. he looks like a little hobbit troll. And they're like, he's like, oh, I wonder what so-and-so are up to today. And he's always alleging that he had affairs with these women who are like, no, that did not happen. <laughs> Would you admit to it, though? I mean... <laughs> I guess not, but uh, he's the type. It's a good lie. (laughs) He's the type that I feel like a woman gives him a little bit of a favorable attention in the form of a conversation or whatever. And he's like, we had a relationship. (laughs) Like, yeah, sure. And I mean, at the same time, like you were just saying, like, look at him, let that guy have it, you know? (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah. That's the thing is like these women weren't (laughs) insulted by it. They were just like, okay whatever yeah they were they were expectant but apparently he turned the show around he had the magic sauce yeah he did he really did and i i i I, that you know just like talk about that guy i don't remember his name i don't think we need to it doesn't matter it doesn't like 
talk about like workplace things that you can't get away with anymore. Apparently like he kept his like live directed console and stuff like that, just covered in dildos. dildos. And, yeah, that's yeah. right. There was a producer on the, on the documentary. He was talking about that too. Aggressively playful sexual harassment of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it was a different time. So. I will give, this falls in the category of it was a different time. I also got the impression from hearing them all talk that it was a, hyper sexually charged environment anyway since everybody was on roids and speed (laughs) you've got a bunch of young very attractive very body image obsessed (laughs) roided out athletes so yeah if you've ever heard stories about the olympic village this is this is that on steroids quite literally i've heard those stories because i used to actually work at a place that made the official olympic films yeah not like the broadcast but like they the olympics for many years like in nfl films where they shoot the stuff on film they were mm-hmm. making olympics films that they would sell okay them. oh that's uh, right and yeah for you... archival footage but um yeah yeah so <laughs> so i mean I, I don't know i think we could walk through it a lot did you know about the early stuff where it like had an executioner and stuff I didn't. So I, so <laughs> I insane. <laughs> uh, had the wonderful experience of trying to explain the show to someone who had no context for it. Cause Rachel, were they possibly European? Oh, Rachel, Rachel. Okay. Yeah. No, Rachel was just too young when it came out and like her parents were not exposing her to this type of media. And so, uh, I was trying to explain and I realized it's been like my memories of it are so it's one of those things that I put away when I was 10 at most and have not taken back out really, except for to make the joke about what I wanted to be when I grew up and just like, sure. I know they tried to bring it back in 2008. Maybe I tried to watch an episode of it then. I can't remember if I did or not. You can't do it without cocaine and steroids. You just can't. (laughs) Yeah. We can talk about why I think we should talk about why revivals of this feel impossible. And if there's any way to do it successfully, but she was just looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, let's put on the documentary, thinking that maybe it was going to like explain the show a little bit. And the right. first episode goes into like the original concept of the show, which is close, but much more insane than the actual show that ended up lasting for almost 10 years. She was like, the fuck is this? I was like, I don't remember an executioner. <laughs> no. Yeah. So they had a ref who was an executioner who would award points based on nothing, based on yeah. what the producers felt like. And they had like servant people dressed up to like Well, they were really leaning into the gladiator right, thing. Right, right. Yeah. And they forgot the American part. <laughs> it should have just been called Roman Gladiators 2. Yeah. The electric boogaloo. Modern gladiators. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Also though, like they had a, the I don't think that the Roman gladiators had a medieval executioner at all. Yeah, probably not. No, no. <laughs> it was wrong. That wasn't right. Yeah. No, they got that wrong. The gladiators were like, they were taking care of themselves in there. They didn't really need an executioner. That was kind of the point no. of being in the arena. In that first seat. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, the, the executioner was fulfilling the role of like the emperor with the thumb up. Thumb oh, down. the, um, uh, what movie? Oh, from Gladiator, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not just that movie, though. I mean, like, I'd always heard that as a. That's a real thing. Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, it might have been real. It might be a myth. There's like a lot of things that like become mythologized particularly about rome sure (laughs) 
makes sense. Another thing that I was shocked by was like how dangerous the first few episodes were. Yeah. Where they were just like being thrown from 12 foot high platforms onto concrete. <laughs> like they had no pads. They weren't necessarily athletes. A lot of them were bodybuilders. So we had models. The, yeah, yeah, you had the football guy, but they he made the comment about Malibu early on. He's like, this guy doesn't know how to take a hit because yeah. he's been lifting weights. He hasn't been boxing or playing football or anything like that. So yeah. I do miss Malibu though. I wish I was like, I was like, this guy's awesome. I want more of him. He's just like, well, ever man, like the yeah. big wave was going to crash down <laughs> on me. I was like, what a character to get to play. <laughs> um, it was so silly. And also like, what was his name? Uh, Gemini. I, it was like where they were trying to make him crazy, but he couldn't act. <laughs> they were going to, they were making him like two personalities. Yes. Gemini. Right. He was, he was very nice and sort of soft. And then he would suddenly turn into this mean, like, but I'll kill you sort of character. But he couldn't sell it. No. It's like, Oh. He's a football player turned American yeah. gladiator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot yeah, of so things they just dropped that. Yeah. So they, so just, they just dropped it. But what's funny is like, I do remember like, Gemini, like, you know, watching the show after that and be like, wonder why they call that guy Gemini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that about? And he's like That's the OG. Threatening he's, thing. Yeah, exactly. The original. Yeah. Right. It is. But the name stuck and it doesn't really yeah. make much sense. Zap, laser, high tower, Nitro, uh, blaze, nitro, blaze, Ice. Gemini. they should have had libra (laughs) (laughs) right they're all just astrological signs just comes in what's your sign (laughs) i felt a lot of kinship with ice growing up i always remembered ice and i was very happy to find out that she's a lady loving lady i'm surprised they weren't all most of them it sounds like uh there was only two that were gay i think or there's two yeah i can't remember the character name of the of the other uh woman who was also out at the time you're right she was only on the show for a short period of time she had injured yeah she was brought on and injured if i'm not mistaken on the live tour it sounds like she was there before the tour though or maybe not they just all got really close on the tour because she was it's an unauthorized documentary it's hard to to tell yeah it's, it's hard to tell what's going on here uh but I also love the description of the guy who conceptualized this whole thing as being an Elvis lookalike. And was. He was an Elvis prefer- uh, impersonator. And you know what's funny about that? I was like, oh, wow. I wonder, just because like, um, I love Glow. That show was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, we should do Glow on the show. Yeah. And it was, my only complaint about Glow is that like, they make Glow. And I don't know. I want, we could talk about Glow for five seconds. I'd love your opinion on this. They make Glow seem like this really awesome thing for like women's empowerment here they are taking charge and like have you watched any of the original like wrestling stuff it's not (laughs) yeah i wonder if there's like a mix between being like treated as sexy and powerful at the same time because that's what seems it seems like is going on here like the women aren't dressed up in sexier costumes than the men. They're not doing different. Gladiators. Yeah, gladiators. They're not yeah. doing different challenges than the guys. Yeah. They're not That's doing right. shorter walls and less, you know. Yeah. So there is an empowerment to that. Even Ninja Warrior now has a women's Ninja Warrior event, which is different. It focuses on agility. Oh, does it? 
Because yeah. for the or, longest I mean, time, that. they don't, it's not different events. It's like, instead of taking, they used to just take all the top times. And sometimes a woman would sneak into the top group. And okay. now they'll take like the top five women. So there's always women competing. I don't know if they still do it, but I've definitely seen Ninja Warrior women or whatever. And it's, I guess what you're saying is that like, they don't stop women from going for Ninja Warrior, but there was at least a version of it that okay, was yeah, I, mean, I, I specifically that. remember like one of the obstacles. And honestly, I thought they were fucking cool um, was when they had like a whole dominoes, you know, like you knock over dominoes, like domino and you run rally. on top of them. Yeah. They all yeah, have to do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw it was on the women's thing. Okay. I didn't know they ever separated it. I'll look into that. But there is always that agility section, and it does knock out a lot of the guys because it's balance-based always. Yeah, which we are notorious for not having. Right, which is why guys don't have the balance beam. It's a women's event. Our hips help us. I think that's also because of it only takes like 40 pounds of pressure to literally explode <laughs> When you testicle. split the beam. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. And on there's a no lot way of- you could do a walk, walk over wearing a cup. Uh, yeah, I've worn cups many yeah. times, and every time I'm like, I can't do anything with this on. I have to take this off. You can. <laughs> I, there's other events you could really damage yourself into, but I guess yeah, balance beam is is a different concept. I don't know. Just the. <laughs> you're right, though. I'm just gonna leave. I'm just when gonna you've let got you have that it, much muscle balance, on your fine. thighs. Usually, your thighs are gonna stop you before you get totally to split the beam. When you're little, you hope so. Then you, yeah, then yeah, you yeah. split the beam. You kind of like knee over and kind of sh- shield away. We used to have beams that were uncovered. They were just wood, and so when you split they always- the beam, no, they're covered with like a, a fabric. Yeah. They're not I'm just not, wood. not padded. It's just fabric. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's a little, I mean, the material they use definitely has a little pad to it, but. I feel like that would make it harder. It's not padding, it's like, but it's, okay. it's not. Neoprene or you're something? You're not landing on a plank of wood. It doesn't feel like you're landing on a plank of wood. Um, right. So before all our practice beams were just planks of wood because they were cheaper than the covered ones. And when you split that, then you also had to deal with the possibility of slivers. Oh God! Because <laughs> it would chip away over time. Yeah, that would. You know, yeah, that's. It was bad. You went to some. Maybe you went to some cheap ass gym. <laughs> oh yeah, our park district gym. Yeah, I, I did not. Yeah, I did not grow up. Uh, in like club studios. Yeah, like some Olympic training facility or whatever. The um, that's what killed jousters usually splinters. Oh, they got infected. Yeah. Uh. Well, no, they would just like. Mean, jousting splinters are big oh <laughs> like, okay like you'd you'd get like a splinter like you know like okay, this long right. and this thick and it would go through your eye and just like impale you and you'd die that's why like all of their jousting helmets have like these crazy like tiny little slits you look through and stuff um yeah scary yeah yeah it's a stupid thing to do anyway why are you jousting? <laughs> Well, speaking of stupid events, let's talk about some. So I actually went back and watched because what this documentary doesn't give you is like a layout of an episode format. Exactly. Like they talk a lot about events and they talk a lot about they do talk about contestants and how contestants were chosen and things like that. Uh, But I was piqued my curiosity as to like, okay, but like how how do the contestants like go through the episode? 
and then they don't just go through an episode they go through a season yeah um a lot of times which was shot in like a weekend it seems like it yeah well well that was like a big thing that the gladiators were saying was that they were like um the the contestants would come in fresh but we'd been shooting four episodes that day and so we were like fucking dying yeah by the time we got to the end of it i guess it's true by the end by the last by like the semifinals and stuff it had to have been pretty pared down i guess most of the yeah. season would have been gathering a winner's circle and then chipping away at those from there i suppose because there is one winner and ro- one runner up to each of the seven or eight seasons yeah but they would shoot the whole thing in like in in three weeks or four weeks they were saying and then then then, then, then they the tour one year where they did yeah. the tour, well i think they only did that the one year yeah. they said but like that was like the real nightmare was that they had no recuperation time recovery time they had to go right from the tour which was like super brutal back onto the show um and it sounded like the show really kind of like for them like after the tour kind of it lost that kinship amongst the gladiators i guess well the group of them splintered off because they realized that they weren't getting a fair piece of the pie and that i think soured it for a lot of them that's right that's what it was yeah they kind of went on strike and and it didn't 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 pan out work in their favor but also destroyed the show so yeah absolutely all the new gladiators sounds like sam goldwin or whatever his name was just like i don't negotiate and it's like well then you're gonna lose your show so yeah well it it went way downhill, but it did continue for many seasons thereafter. But they eventually brought back Nitro. The um, the thing that he said, which I thought was like, uh, I disagree with your assessment there, but like, it didn't it didn't sound illogical. I mean, obviously, I'm for the strikers, but he was like, the show shouldn't be about. I mean, in retrospect, it's stupid. He's very raw, but like, it shouldn't be about the gladiators. It should be about the contestants, and the gladiators can come and go. But like, that's dumb. You know, they're pro wrestlers. That's what Sam said. Danny was the opposite of that. Danny's like, it was about us. Yeah. yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah, it was. Because like, yeah. for me growing up. So what time did you remember watching this? Because I, it was syndicated. It was like, it could have been on any channel anywhere in the US. Like whoever picked it up, picked it up. It wasn't like an NBC production or something like that. Oh, gosh. I don't know. In the evening? Yes. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so for me, it was never primetime TV. It was on. So I didn't know were these new episodes, were these reruns? Okay. Apparently they were new episodes, but like it aired for me um, Sunday morning. Uh, it was like the last thing that came on before like religious programming because we only had broadcast. Um, and it was a thing I watched while my parents were still sleeping off a hangover. Um, okay. And it, uh, uh, so I, I was like, is this new always? But I guess it was new because it was that time. And um, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. But like in a way that it was so much better than like I never got into pro wrestling. I was not mm, a pro me, wrestling me kid. Either. And I, this was like I was into this pro wrestling. I thought was stupid. I, I knew it was fake. I had no interest in it. Um, it was just not my my deal. Um, but this was cool. The only do you remember any of the events? Like what was the worst event? Because uh, just out of curiosity, your memory of the show. What was like your? The, I know exactly what the lamest event was on there, and they didn't even talk about it on this. I think there was a thing where they used to be in a circle and like there was a thing with like two handlebars and they just try and knock each other out of this circle, I think. Oh, where they had the, well, they had the pugil sticks. No, not that. They're like hanging on to the same thing and trying to knock each other out. Wow. Yeah. It must not have been a good one. I don't remember that. 
I hated the ceiling race when they had to strap into a harness and crawl across the ceiling. I oh, it was I forgot so about lame. that one. It was like I was, every time that came on in an episode, I was like, this stupid fucking thing. Yeah. Again. I, I do remember the thing. boulder swing thing being lame. I think probably because like it always like it worked too much of the time. It seems like the, an impossible task. Yeah. I had to swing into the gladiator. Yeah. Which they drop. You, know, you got to give the contenders a gimme. You, you know? do, yeah. To- <laughs> well, that's the the game that's like the most winnable for the contenders that gets them the most points is when they're trying to get the balls into the like, um, what do you call? They're like those buckets that I think kind that was of called gridiron. I think that was or Powerball. That was yeah. Powerball. Gridiron was another thing. And so that's where they really start to separate because you. Yeah, you it's an agility thing. It's not a strength, and you can thing. rack up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can overwhelm the gladiators too. Yeah. I loved like the early version of what was the one with the shooting? Oh yeah. <laughs> the, <gods. laughs> the first version where it was like, here's a pile of sticks and stuff. It just looked like some like, oh God, like low budget Yoakum uh militia training exercise. Yeah. Just like, yeah, that's right, Cletus. Get on out there. We're gonna overthrow the government, hide behind them sticks. <laughs> From and like crawl Tron up the backyard. too. It's like built to look like a computerized world almost. That, that was the second version. The first eight oh, episodes okay. of that like it looked like something like Red Dawn training <laughs> like nightmare. It's like this looks this looks sketchy. This looks like we're yeah. going to try to over, you know, we're going to do some hate crimes after we finish <laughs> up this. <laughs> Where would <we're, laughs> this is? We're laying the ground for actual people hunting. <laughs> yeah. The the Tron thing was cool. Yeah, uh, I loved that. I loved the trapper keeper aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, it's I am just about so nice. The trapper keeper aesthetic. Give me grids and triangles, <laughs> and uh, you know, mountains escapes and stuff. And, uh, uh letters that have like a reflective line in the middle of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh oh yeah. I think what sets us apart from wrestling for me is that it's got it's like a real competition. Whereas it like was. wrestling is a soap opera that is yeah. scripted and staged. And you know that. Yeah. I don't like soap operas now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it's a competition soap opera. Yeah, well, that's like a prime. That's a prime criticism of mine for a lot of tele, like yeah. prestige TV, where I'm just like, it's a soap opera. They just increase the production values. But right. This is a soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't really like soap operas. Well, that's so. all of that's Shonda Rhimes's whole thing. Who was Shonda Rhimes? Uh, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, um, How to Get Away with Murder. Gotcha. All those. I mean, shows. I throw full on prestige TV. I, I would say, you know, like what was it? Succession is a soap opera. Sure. That's even, yeah. That show, I tried to get through that. I watched the first episode and I was like nauseated. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I actually can't watch this. Like this show will upset me too much. Yeah. We watched the first season. I think it'll upset me too, but eventually I'll finish it. The, um, the first episode, the softball game, mm. that did it for me. I was <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I'm out of here. Right. I'm done. Yeah. I'm just going to throw up if I keep trying to watch this. Yeah. I, you know, this documentary to me, it struck a chord for me because it was, um, I, I, and you've heard me talk about what I call fever dream TV. Yeah. I lament its loss. This documentary felt like it because okay. it, like, so first off, American gladiators is like a ex- perfect example of fever dream TV or maybe even cocaine television. You know, it was just like this insane idea where it was like, Hey, Hey, let's, let's oil up some models. And feed them drugs and make them fight. <laughs> yeah. It'll yeah. be great. 
fight normal people, fight non-models. Yeah. I want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger beat the shit out of Tony who works at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like Tony who's a Marine, but like a leaner guy. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. I uh I love it. And I love the documentary too. Like just the experience of uncovering it. Like it felt like this is a documentary I would have seen on on VH1 at two o'clock in the morning. That makes sense. In nineteen ninety seven. I will say when <laughs> you were like that into it that you wanted to talk about it on the show, it's like I wouldn't have pegged this one for Greg. But then no. it's got the nostalgia. That makes sense. That angle makes I sense. I need more I need more this. I need more <laughs> Syphil and Ollie. I need more Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> I need more uh, I need more of the knife show. I think I've told you oh, about the you've knife talked show, but about I've never the talked about it on the You've talked, not on the podcast, so you've talked about it on how to drink. Meredith, I cannot explain <laughs> to you. Nothing can prepare you for the insanity of the knife show. It was like, oh my God. So this was like an evening for me, right? You'd watch like once we had cable, because I didn't have cable till high school, I would watch like, um, you'd, you'd watch like Mr. Show at Bob and David, which came on late as fuck. Uh, then you would watch uh, maybe some Syphil and Ollie, which was like, you know, I mean, honestly, Syphil and Ollie is the prototype for everything ad- on Adult Swim okay. and uh, has nothing to do with that. It, it It's not prototype. Godfather. I don't know. But like it was this sock puppet show that MTV did where it was. I think the episodes were short, but like, oh, I. It was OK. Bizarre. Yeah, I have that. I have an image of that in my head. It's just two sock puppets uh, named Syphil and Ollie just like shooting the shit. For like 30 minutes, yep. you know, I do and making that. up silly songs. Yes. Uh, and then uh, I watched the knife show for like, and the knife show was like, I don't know. It seems like it was two and a half hours long and it was two guys on QVC selling knives and, and, and juggling knives and throwing <laughs> knives around and proving that these knives were worth money. And you'd watch expecting somebody to get cut. And it happened a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the nice thing about these practice katanas. Oh, oh, that hurt. Oh, that hurt big time. A piece of that just, the tip just got me, Odell. Oh, that got me good. You all right? A piece of that tip just got me. Oh, Folks, right now, we uh, may need emergency surgery in the studio. <laughs> and it was totally live because that's how QVC was. I didn't pre-record it because like you're calling in. Right. And they're like, we still have a few of these left. They're taking calls. Yeah. It was never buy this knife. It was never this is a good knife. It was and first off, all the knives were garbage. They were mall knives. Like they had they would always advertise full tang blade. That was like the thing. And they always had these grips that were like rainbow dyed. I don't know why, but like the handle of every knife had rainbow dye in the wood. Um, yeah, they all looked really shitty. Uh, this is the Damascus steel full tang wakisashi with rainbow handle, right? And they would introduce this blade and then <laughs> tell you, now, if you act now, it's going to cost you four payments of $24.99, but we're going to throw in 200 more of them. Yeah. And it was always 200. It was like, it was never, oh, you get another knife or this <laughs> knife too. It was always we're throwing in a gross. You're going to get 244 of these knives. It's like, <laughs> we're trying to get we're rid of them. You, you're going to get 75 identical knives if you order now. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> they were probably going down to like a shipyard, walking around shipping containers that had just been opened off of some boat from China and being like, yeah, I'll take 500 of those. I'll yeah. take 30,000 of that. Like, you know, just like whatever. 
uh, pop metal garbage they could get their hands on. You know, there were some prime years of podcasting where it was showing uh, promise of having this type of media and podcasts. And then it kind of died down for what we're doing here, sort of talking head type stuff. But I used to listen to yeah. a show called Rana and Beverly, which were two yeah. comedians who were playing these characters and they never broke character. And they built this like lore of these two characters over years. Okay. And they weren't talking about anything political. They really weren't talking about current events. It was just, it's just like what you do their with this story weekend. of what happened to them last week. And right. it was and it was all bullshit. It was all bullshit and awesome and raunchy. It was awesome. And yeah. like just I, I can't imagine anything like that existing the way that that did. I have a theory about that. Sure. So if you look at early television, like the early days of broadcast. Um, it actually like, and there's documentaries about this, particularly like late night television. You could kind of get anything you wanted on TV. If you had like a connection, mm. you could get into late night television. And a lot of it was like, fill time. You know, we have an hour and a half slot to fill, fill time, do whatever. And like um, this guy, Jack Parr is kind of like the created the archetype of late night television. And very famously, walked off the show in the middle of a live broadcast mm. <laughs> like that was the end of the show was just like i've had enough of this and he got up and walked away like regularly which, um, not once he did that like every no, night once like oh, that was once. the end of the okay. show like it was in oh. the middle of a broadcast yeah the show ended when he was like i'm done and he got up and left huh. and it was because of like the political stuff like he had like it was crazy it was like 1955 and he was like we're on the scene interviewing fidel castro and he was like he was a he was a lefty, you know. Yeah. Like the Jack Parr was in 1955, like a lefty talking to the American public, and he got kind of fed up with the commercialism and just walked off the show. Uh, he had some like depression issues too. Sure. Um, but I was like, holy shit! Watching that documentary, we're just talking about all kinds of shit now. I guess we're way off the rails, as promised here on Midnight Local. Yeah, I think this episode was kind of built for that. This is like a nostalgia. Like, I think now it makes sense. You love this concept of the fever dream TV and this. Yeah. Well, and so gives you an opportunity to talk about that. What happened was because it was late night, it was like, well, we're going to extend our broadcast hours. Cause it used to end at like, you know, whatever, 10 PM. And like, we're going to keep broadcasting until 1 AM. What are we going to do with this time? And so weird shit got on there. Mm -hmm. And then eventually that got homogenized and the weirdos had to find a new time slot. And then they started broadcasting really late, like right through the night. Yeah. It ended up being a lot of reruns and sometimes weird shit. And then that kind of got homogenized, you know, because you had to be standards and practices. Well, then the airwaves opened up to UHF. UHF, you know, you had your main broadcasting things, right? But on UHF, it was almost like public access, like just about anybody. That's could what I remember. I remember like tuning in and you'd have some lady being like, call me with your personal troubles and I will. Oh, yeah. You know, give you advice um, about something the robin bird show where she was like a ex-porn star mm -hmm. and this was just live broadcast over the airwaves out of new york so like if you were in the new york area you could get your rabbit ears out and tune in to the robin bird show and she had a, a late night talk show where they would just like scoop people off the street yeah and just be like we're talking to pimps tonight <laughs> call us call now and ask your questions and it was it's crazy yeah like crazy 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 shit and then cable came in right and cable was the new 
renegade wasteland. We needed to fill time. And you look at the early days of HBO and the stuff that you could do there. And it right. was just like, it was insane before prestige TV and it got homogenized. You know, HBO was famous for boxing, yeah, having movies and real sex and real sex yeah. and weird and weird titillating stuff like cat house. You know what bums? What? You can't get any of that stuff on Max. No. Well, you can't. so that's what I remember. Like even, even well into my college years, that's what it was. You hit a point in the night where HBO just became something else even yeah. into the years of sex and city and other and and uh the wire and sopranos and sex in the city bridged that gap right sex in the city used to have man on the street interviews and stuff like that right so showtime and hbo for a long time their premium the appeal of their premium was like and there's sex scenes with boobs in them. Hey, there's a dog. <laughs> oh is he oh he just got up that's my doggy that's ozzy and then hbo got homogenized and all the weird shit moved to the internet. Mm-hmm. And then the internet got homogenized. And then it moved to podcasts. And I don't know what the next frontier of weird shit is. So you always hit like TikTok has it for a while and kind of gets passed around that way. But it's shorter. Well, I mean, for a while, there was weird shit on live streaming on right. um, Twitch. Twitch. On Twitch. There was some weird shit there. Um, the world needs weird shit. I you agree. Know? It needs I very cocaine addled, low budget weird shit to be happening out there. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about that. We were talking about UHF. We should do UHF on the show. The movie, the Weird Al movie. Um, Never seen the movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, well, it's not a good one. It's a f- interesting one. Uh, it's weird. Uh, there's questions about 80s movie. Does this one hold up? Is oh, this one very okay. problematic? Um, but also, it's an early appearance of Fran Drescher. And she's been in the news lately as the leader of the strike. Right. So. And I've got a segue off of the strike back into American Gladiators. If oh. we're ready to go there. Let's bring it full circle. <laughs> All right. So the reason we had a revival in 2008 of American Gladiator oh, was the writer's strike. The writer's strike. Yeah. I didn't know it was 2008. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so it only lasted... Really, they tried to bring it back. I think it was Five only minutes. a couple of episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Hulk Hogan was a host. And, uh, oh, it lasted two seasons, that version. You can burn money for two seasons. And then they've, they've tried to bring it back 2014, 2018, 2021. And I'm sure they are talking about it now. So it just needs to be one. I think that, I, I think that to make it work, like what it needs to be to work also won't appeal to these audience, to a modern audience. I think that that's like the problem. Like it needs to be insane. Yeah. Like it need it's for an audience that is going to the cinema every week, watching either Schwarzenegger or, or, or Stallone rip people's spines out and scream, you know? Yeah. I, so like their, their concept is always to feature WWE wrestlers, which I think, Again, you miss the point that like what was became appealing about these athletes is they actually got good at what they did. They actually became yeah. real athletes that were difficult to beat. The the episode I was watching yesterday was from season seven, and it seems impossible to beat these guys. So when they do, it's really exciting. I don't know, like WWE wrestlers and these guys were on the show for years learning how to joust learning learning these very specific yeah. things I, you cycle through famous wrestlers and you're just not going to get that it's i'm going to pitch it yeah go ahead here's here's the way to do american gladiators now um <clears throat> there's a companion show to uh drag race right 
like you watch Drag Race and then another show starts. Oh, where they're just uh, like, yeah. You're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where they basically are backstage with the with the contestants talking about everything that's happening. It's just an interview show. There's drama that happens. But yeah, basically, yes. They're all just I do a up companion show. I would do, um, you know, like a half an hour slot of. I guess it could be one show. It could be an hour slot. Half an hour of American Gladiators. You do a 30-minute time slot of American Gladiators, the game show. And then you do a 30-minute time slot of American Gladiators, Big Brother. And it's just all the gladiators <laughs> right. living in a house together. And it's got to be – it has to be on like something where it can be yeah. really no holds barred. We need these people fucking on camera doing drugs. It's got to be wild. And then – and training and all of that. They have to be really – Amoral, wild psycho. So you're mixing like American gladiators and like road rules, basically. Like, yeah, you see some of the same people over and over again, but each year there's like a new person that throws off the dynamic of the house, of and they don't like them until. Yeah, I think that's a way to do it for sure. So that way you get you know the honest competition of it, and you get to build the characters of the gladiators. In a way that goes yeah. beyond what you could do with the WWE, you know, where it's just happening like in the ring. Listen up, brother. You know, yeah. and it's the interviews and stuff. Um, and uh, uh, and you get to fall in love with those gladiators and see them get their shit kicked out of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I think that works. And they should. And the other deal is that they should drug test the contestants, but not the gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> contestants got to contestants got to be natural and clean. The drug use and has the, to be assumed. It can't be. It can't be overt. Why? Um, Why what reality show do you see overt drug use? They get away with that. I am saying we got to break these new grounds. Oh, I see. Okay. That, you have to you legalize want, drugs first. You want the silver bullet here, man. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I think steroids are legal. You can use steroids, can't you? I don't think so. Joe Rogan's on testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- so some of that, which is funny because that's just gender affirming care. Those are steroids. Yes, I TR. know. But when you're Joe Rogan, it's just, I don't know. I hate that guy so much. I feel like I hate him a little bit less than I used to, but I also think he's very dumb. <laughs> yes. I hate him less than I hate other people. I think, Let's just say, like, if I find out that someone's a big Joe Rogan fan, I'm immediately yeah. like, bar has been lowered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have a bigger problem with his fans than yeah. with him. Like, yeah, you got to respect the hustle. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. You do what you do. You do it well. Fine. But yeah, exactly. yeah. if you're if you're like a real Joe Rogan head, I'm like, oh, OK, we're Ooh, yeah, we'll get through the day. Whereas uh, what was their name? Uh. I'm embarrassed I ever thought they were entertaining, but I'll I'll tell the truth. When they were on actual broadcast radio, I did listen to uh I keep wanting to call him Syphil and Ali, Opie and Anthony. Um, oh, I don't know I them. Catch it. Yeah. Oh, you don't? Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus. They're No man. They're not cool. They're no. like horrible, horrible shock jocks. Yeah. Oh, okay. They got kicked off the air for um and I'm test I'm assuming my family can't hear me in this new recording space, but I'm gonna safe. have to be a little bit quiet here. Eh never know but like they got kicked off the air for uh uh doing a stunt where they had a couple go fuck in saint patrick's cathedral on the air 
So on the one hand, everything I'm saying tells me that like, that's cool. On the other hand, I don't think it's okay to force your kinks on other people <laughs> in a, in a public, in a public space. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Uh, you can't make unwitting participants of your thing. You know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes I see people walking around and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> I know you're up to something here and I don't want to be a part. I guess though, like hidden camera shows, like it takes hidden camera shows to like a bad level. I don't mean the viewer. I mean the public. I mean the people who were at St. Patrick's for services. No, I agree. (laughs) But like that's hidden camera shows are all based on like finding people in the public and tricking them. But they get, they get location releases. Right. Opie and Anthony didn't. Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just I I thought this was great. Yeah, I thought the show was fantastic. I feel the urge to mention Wayne's World because it kind of is a mainstream depiction of exactly what we're talking about here. Of what? Of like the fever? Oh, because of the fever? Yeah, yeah and they, they try and make them mainstream, and they try and put them on cable, and it destroys wow. the show. It's funny. I just saw a TikTok, and I was thinking we should do Wayne's World on the show. I love Wayne's. I love World. that movie so much. It's so good. I want to know though. Do I love it? Because I loved it, or do what I still love it now? So I revisited it probably two to three years ago. Um, I'd be interested to watch it again. I still loved it. The my wife who had ne- did not grow up with it was like, okay, but she feels that way about like all of Mike Myers's work in general. Why? Because it just doesn't resonate for her because she didn't grow up with yeah. his humor. It's just not funny anymore. <laughs> kind of isn't funny anymore because it's so specific like wayne's world is you have to like know how that type of television feels in order for it to be really funny yeah that's probably true that is probably you have to watch the knife show maybe austin powers holds up a little bit more but like in the 90s just like gross immature sex jokes were so in and they're just not as in anymore (laughs) it makes me sad it just (laughs) it makes me sad you know it does like i think i i i'm serious i get a little uh bummed out when people refuse to embrace their baser natures (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like you know you just man you get only so many trips around this here sun and you're just gonna you're just gonna give up on all your humany bits i don't know man <laughs> fart jokes are funny fart jokes are funny you know? poop jokes Bodies are, funny. are hilarious yeah exactly like we got some it's funny stuff here we got some funny <laughs> stuff going on um i'm you know and you're missing out you're not in on the joke i it bums me out man i think you gotta get on the joke you gotta watch the knife show you gotta giggle at syphil and Ollie. uh precious roy's got his uh instant jerk sauce you know to make things yeah. into jerky i will say this documentary definitely brought me back to like what felt like a simpler time of television where you just now we've replaced this with reality i guess sort of yeah which is different for me it's i yeah what you're talking no about right reality is also very scripted and yeah made to sell people on an idealized version of life. Like it's, it's just a different, we were watching the Duggars documentary recently, which is actually really good, but. Well, yeah, the documentary, but they talk a little bit in there of like why it's so successful, what it plays off of. And they say it's the same thing that the Kardashians play off of very different approaches, but like there's a big appeal for like women giving, having babies in reality 
TV. And there's a reason for that. Like it, it appeals to trad wives or something. No, I think like there's a, there's a level of like perceived success that comes with like being able to have it all and be famous and have kids and like raise families in this way, this like elevated environment. I don't, it's like, it taps into your like lizard brain or people's lizard brains and they can't stop watching it. That's interesting. I have, I'm going to take that one farther. Okay. What, what reality TV does is it's, I mean, of course it appeals to men too, but it's pro wrestling for women. And I will explain because pro wrestling, at least for young boys and stuff like that, it is a soap opera, but it plays on the idea that this is a real conflict. Mm. that's like the illusion that's the kayfabe mm-hmm. that's what kayfabe is these people are real when they grab the mic and tell someone i'm gonna turn your head off brother that's a real thing these are real conflicts right reality tv it's highly scripted like wrestling but it's a soap opera where it presents the idea that these are real mm-hmm. conflicts this is real drama and it's the same exact thing right um, and there's a kayfabe to it too. Like everybody has to pretend it's real. Mm-hmm. It's not. And sometimes, you know, somebody does a tell all where they're like, you know, it's kind of scripted and the producer's prod. Well, guess what? You're not coming back for another season. It looks like a lot of those people kind of get rid off the show, which is what this, a lot of what the Duggars documentary is. And then as the money gets bigger and the fame gets bigger, the sinister things that you're hiding tend to get more awful. <laughs> yeah more terrible and and eventually you get caught the microscope gets bigger right right? uh talking about having a lot of kids though i uh i told you we just had movers Mm -hmm. and i won't share this man's name uh i was one of those moments where you're surprised to find out oh i'm talking to a crazy person like one of those things Uh so the head guy on the move um he was asking me uh i'll just tell quick stories about this guy uh we were you know we have these chinese lantern flies i think they're called and they're an invasive species and they're fucking everywhere and they tell you hey when you see them stomp them because uh, before they grow wings, they're like these weird-looking spotted little beetle dudes. And they jump. Really good at jumping. They're fast. They jump like crazy. Oh. And you got to get rid of them because they're like straight up destroying all the trees. It's right. kind of scary. Nothing eats them. Um, but they're everywhere at the condo uh, where I used to live. And he was like, what are all these things? And, and he had never I guess, not seen them. Around. Oh, these lanternflies, invasive species, blah, blah, blah. And then he looks at me deadpan and he goes, huh, another invader from China. And I was like, ha, ha, okay, I want to exit this conversation. And I'm thinking he's talking about the COVID, you know, because he's on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, goes, yeah. He, he doubles down. He says, you know, 300 people a day come here from China. And I, and I did exactly what you're doing, where it was a long pause. And I thought, I was like, is that a lot? Yeah, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. <laughs> what? I, that seems low. I don't know. It's like, that's a big country. It's a big country, like 300. <laughs> and, I was, and that's what I said to him. I was like, ah, is is that a lot? He goes, 300 a day? That's a lot. And what I want to know is, how are they getting out of China? <laughs> Just like, Airplane. they leave. <laughs> what do you, what <laughs> yeah. do you mean? Are, are, are you talking about North Korea? Yeah. Just like, you don't need an exit visa from China. It's not Nazi Germany. <laughs> uh, you're not like a prisoner there. I mean, there are. I mean, yes, there's all right. horrible sure. things happening in China. But like, I think a lot of people can just leave. Yeah, you can travel from China. He then he told me like, and all of these people are between the ages of eighteen and thirty four and have no kids. And I was like, you're describing immigrants looking for a better life, yeah, right. young people looking to make some money. <laughs> like uh, he was implying that they are sleeper agents, soldiers, all who of, are coming here. To, yeah, yeah, that was what he was implying. He was yeah. a vet, and 
uh, we talked about that. And then later, he was given one of his buddies, a cousin of his, a hard time saying, you just don't love work, man, for not working hard enough. These two had been playfully jabbing at each other all day. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I let, we all laughed about it. And then when he's gone, I was like, you know, I got to tell you, though, man, like who loves work, right? He goes, I do. I got 17 kids to feed. And then I said, ha, 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 God, you're joking, right? And he goes, no, I'm not. I have 17 kids. And I said, uh, presumably with different women. I feel bad for, for her. Maybe not. I mean, that's a documentary. Yeah. If that, well, what that lady's is, got I mean, that kids. is, you should watch the Duggar documentary because it's about the church group that encourages you to keep having kids. So you have like soldiers for Christ. Spot. Yeah. Right. And so I, well, that's where this went. Cause I said two for me, I'm getting the, the snippy. And uh, two is good for me. I'll, I'm done at two. And he goes, I'll be done when God tells me to be. Yeah. He's a part of this group, probably. Or a, Yeah. Or a group like it. Well, it's pretty spread out and it has branches. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. There's. Have you read about pronatalism? I guess while we're on this tangent. <laughs> no. I was planning a whole episode about how to drink about pronatalism. It's a. <laughs> of uh, how to really, drink. Yeah. Well, it's a non-religious right wing eugenist oh this is like elon musk is into this elon musk is yeah, into yeah, it yeah. yeah and they keep showing this articles keep propping up with this like nerdy looking lady but like they're nazis like these two this couple that they keep propping up about they claim we're gonna save the world with our babies and like when you hear them in interviews like one they're insane and they're also adjacent to this whole thing that's called effective altruism which is a very insane philosophy with a a cute name um and like when they talk they're like well i'm having 10 kids and i'm going to require each of my children to have 10 kids they're going to agree to have 10 kids each that works and then their children will have 10 kids and what will happen is that in three generations there will be you know i mean they do the math or in eight generations my family will represent you know 80 percent of the earth there's something like some crazy number um and, you know, with Elon Musk having kids all over the place, and apparently people have said that in private, he talks about admiring Genghis Khan, because that was like a thing Genghis Khan did, right. you know, which is chilling, where he's just like, yeah, I filled the earth. I won. Like, and and in truth, a lot of people are, are related, related to Genghis yeah. Khan. Um, but uh, yeah, effective altruism asks the question, if a million dollars, if you could spend a million dollars right now to ensure that a hundred families are well fed, right? Or you could spend that million dollars to ensure that in 150 years, a million families are fed. These are people who do not yet exist. Where should you spend the money? And so effective altruism says that you should spend that money on the future, on these people who are not yet born, that the starving people today, there's only so many of them, but the future is filled with starving people who haven't been born and we need to feed them. And that's effective altruism because there's more people of the future than there are alive on earth today. Sounds like a good way to skirt guilt and responsibilities now. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's exact. It I mean, it's the most sociopathic psychotic yeah. shit imaginable. And this has been about American. Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus. <laughs> to wrap up, I think another really amazing part of the documentary in the last episode was where are they now? <laughs> and uh Dude, well, I speaking of where are they now, I was not expecting all of these people to still be beautiful. They look great. <laughs> they look fucking they great. They do. <laughs> I figured all of those drugs, like the, the yeah. I figured they'd look like worn out pieces like old pro wrestlers <laughs> yeah. don't look good, like old worn out pieces of leather. But like, god damn. 
Nitro looks, I mean, some of them have aged, but like Nitro looks fantastic. Especially considering that Nitro like went through a depression and was like doing drugs to the point where he was like not able to get himself off the floor, but like, yeah, he figured it out. He looks great. I mean, look at Nikki Sixth. He has not weathered well, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I guess there's something about that youthful athleticism that all these You know what's interesting into. is like they all helped each other out. It seems like they all stayed friends and like Mostly, got each yeah. other through it to certain degrees and i wonder if that helped the overall health of the collective i don't know like no one went on to get super famous like no they all kind of a lot of them stayed working though yeah um, yeah it was weird the one girl the one girl i say the one lady i forget her name but she was like i had jag but that didn't really pan out and i was like jag i remember jag being a huge hit that ran many seasons am i wrong like maybe she was only on it for a season or a Maybe. couple episodes. She's the one who also did Playboy and a couple other things. She was upset about doing Playboy with short hair yeah. for the job. Because <laughs> she didn't feel feminine enough. Yeah. I will say, I don't think that the short hair was the ideal fit for her. Oh, I liked it. I dug it. But that's. Uh, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great to me, but she wasn't a lady yeah. loving lady. So not her, not her thing. Yeah. We're looking at it from different perspectives. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I loved the story. I loved the Ellen story. Uh, how they had Ellen. They did an episode of Ellen. Oh, yeah. And the, these two gay women are going after a straight dude. And meanwhile, I would love to watch that episode, see how many of yeah. the undertones I pick up on or if they're there. I liked that show. And I actually remember watching it in its first season when it was called These Friends of Mine. Was it really? Not the Ellen show? No. And and what happened was uh, Friends exploded and they had to change the mm. to differentiate it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Ellen raised her profile quite a bit. Oh, yeah. She came out and the show got canceled. Yes, that's true. Well, but they named the show after her because she became not that she was it, it wasn't built around her, but like she became famous. Right. Right. And like was able to carry a show like Seinfeld. Sure. And then she came out and the show got canceled. Yeah. Um, but it is crazy watching that clip where it's just like, how did anybody think she was straight? God, she's gay. She's so and anytime she's like flirting with the man on the show, it's like, ah, oh, you cute little kid. Like, it's like, oh, it feels an awful lot. Rosie, like Rosie O'Donnell, O'Donnell and Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just want to eat them up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, that sounds sexy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's some bedroom yeah. talk. <laughs> it's so true. Ooh, I just want to put them on a shelf it's and so feed them cute. cookies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. So, oh, and then the one that really you you texted me about was no, that's you. We can't not talk yeah, about that. The, the immigrants, <laughs> the smuggler. I was the dirtiest contender on the show, and then he was off, and I was like, why did we focus on that contender? Right, you know, like it just seems like he was here and gone, and then like in the last ten minutes of the show. So anyway, I fell into human smuggling. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I paid me more than Walmart did. I was like. All right. Yeah. He was a coyote. Yep. He was bundling people across the border and like people want, you know, I honestly like. He got caught. He got busted. He have to, ended up in a, in a Mexican prison. If that's a non-exploitive practice and people need to get here and that's the way to do it, I'm fine with it. But my understanding is that it's frequently an exploitive practice. Well, and he was clearly getting paid for it. He wasn't doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Well, if you're good at something, you should get paid for it. <laughs> but yeah, he wasn't doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah. There's better ways. Church groups are actually really good at that and getting people across borders. Um, but he, uh, um, uh, I, my, I had a thought this morning in the shower as I was preparing for this episode, which was, you know, um, 
Republicans specifically about him saying, you know, it paid better than Walmart, you know, and you always hear about how Walmart is one of the best, best, biggest welfare queens in America mm-hmm. because like we, you know, we're subsidizing their low wages, right? You know, you talk about a living wage. Here's a guy. You don't want people coming across the border, dear Republicans. You want to seal up the border. Here's a guy who couldn't afford to live on what Walmart was paying him and was forced to turn to human smuggling. So maybe we should raise our minimum wage in this country and we'll have fewer human smugglers. Yeah, but everything with just a thought, everything with Republicans is that's a moral choice. You did that because you were a bad person, not because you weren't making enough money. That was a button joke. I know we were done. <laughs> there was, you didn't need to make it real. <laughs> I made it real. It is real, Greg. There's no reason to unpack that further. <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> it was hilarious. All right. This has been, this has, it was, it was a very funny joke. Everybody at home's laughing. Only you hate my humor. <laughs> I don't hate your humor, usually. <laughs> All right. This has been a very weird midnight local, a fever dream of midnight local. <laughs> yes. The fever dream episode inspired by American gladiators. I feel like we should do more TV stuff, more streaming stuff, more what's on Netflix this week stuff. Yeah. It's for me, it's just a matter of, are they episodes of the podcast? Do we talk about them on YouTube as a separate segment, a little bit shorter, maybe. Um, I think we can do both. I think we, you know, you do what's on Netflix this week on YouTube as like a 30 minute. And then if like that really pops off, maybe we do a bigger episode. Well, and you got to watch the Duggars documentary because there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) Only things that Greg wants to watch. Well, that's, that's generally my rule. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'll try to. I think you like. It? I think it was four. It? I think it was four episodes. All right, we can watch that. I think. I think my wife wants to watch it anyway. So there you go. Good deed. Good husband deed. A big thank you to Annie Villalobos who edits and produces the show for us. Yes, big thank you to Annie Villalobos, and a big thank you to Heather Vaughn who made our beautiful show art, which we need to put on some T-shirts. And to Studio Seventy One, who is our partner in this endeavor. Uh, yes hello thank you everyone and a big fat stinking you're welcome to epidemic music epidemic sound (laughs) you're welcome epidemic you're welcome you're welcome look at all the publicity we're doing for you you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you next time on midnight local midnight local all right bye